Welcome to the Media Timeout Podcast. Let's be great. Let's be great. You're home for the sports content you want with the authenticity you need. Let's have some fun out here. You know, enjoy the journey of all this. We're trying to get 16 wins and going after a gold trophy. Where nothing is out of bounds. Now welcome your hosts, Jamal Tanner and Nick Holman. Welcome to the 87th edition of the MTO Podcast. I guess to keep up with what we're doing, I'm, that's going to be the Reggie Wayne edition, I suppose. I think Kenny McCardell used to wear 87. I'm just showing my knowledge off a little bit, flexing a little bit. Uh, we got a lot of football to talk, obviously, college football, NFL. Um, so we're going to keep it football. We're going to do it the whole time. Let's go ahead and start with college again because that happens on Saturday. Um, and I got a quick question to ask you. There's obviously a lot of college football to go around. Um, we're going to keep it in the Pac-12 to start with. We're going to be on a positive note first, and then we got some story to talk about. It's not so positive, but let's keep it positive to begin the episode. Um, my question to you is, how good is the Pac-12? I will preface that with kind of my opinions. Like, we've seen USC. We know what they can be. They're obviously really good. They just played in a dogfight against Oregon State, who's looked really good this year. Um, Washington has looked very good this year. Um, Oregon... Outside of playing Georgia and running to that bus all, they've looked pretty good. The team they beat, Washington State, it looks like a formidable opponent. Um, they beat Wisconsin this year. So that's just off the top of my head, rattling off, what was that, about five teams that look really solid. I didn't even mention the UCLA because, frankly, I don't know how good they are. Um, tell me, how do you feel about the Pac-12 now as opposed to how you felt going into the year? Yeah, I feel a lot better about them. You know, we've seen the teams that they played in conference, out of conference, and it's a lot of, you know, quality opponents. And like you said, besides Oregon running into the bus all that is Georgia, all these teams have looked good for the most part. And I want to say it's our fault for not, you know, maybe recognizing it before the season, but it's not. It's the Pac-12's fault. Like, they signed that bad TV contract, and now we can't see their game, so none of us know truly how good any of their teams are. I mean... Unless their games are on Fox or, you know, if you're like us and you live on the West Coast, you're probably going to see a couple more Washington games and Washington State games than you're used to. But, you know, if you're living on that East Coast or even Midwest, down South, you're probably not catching a lot of these teams because they're just not on, you know, national TV that much. And they have a TV contract to where it's just not even on your cable provider. You know, we were talking about it today and, you know our packages you know we basically get like the big 10 network uh, an acc network and sec network which you know broadens you know your horizons to seeing more of those teams outside of seeing them on you know cbs fox fs1 espn and those type channels but with the pac-10 not being able to see them you you can't really properly rate them but now that we're actually you know I mean, I guess I'll say highlights because you're still not seeing the games and seeing the final scores of these games versus the opponents they're playing. There's a lot of good quality out there. I don't even, I don't, maybe you did say Utah. I don't even know if you said Utah too, another good team on, um, in the conference. So yeah, man, it's, it looks like it's going to be a really good conference this year. We can't, uh, you know, talk shit about it. Like we did in the past when there'd be a team maybe considered for the, you know, playoff and be like, ah, it's the pack, you know, 12, whatever. Nobody's good out there. You know, they're they're good out there this year. So, I think they might get a. They might end up maybe getting one of those spots in the playoffs this year. Uh, USC, right? You, yeah, there we go. USC right now is looking like the team that uh, is probably the best in the conference. But a lot of competition out there. Uh, after seeing them play Oregon State, there's going to be a lot of tough game, uh, tough games ahead for them. So, 
the conference is definitely coming up, but I we're not to blame for not knowing how good this conference is. This is all on them for basically walling themselves off with that TV package to where nobody can see their game. So, yeah, man, it's it, I, I wish I could say I I want to watch Pac Tig. I, I want to watch more, but it's, they're just kind of making it hard at the moment. Yeah, that Pac-12 deal is a bad deal, but I do want to make sure I mention Utah because Utah is another team that I think is really good. They lost week one. They had some opportunities. Um, they lost to a Florida team that I actually don't think is that good, but they bounced back the way you're supposed to if you're a good team. I think they won 73-7 to the next week, played a little angry, and they've looked really good since, including beating Arizona State pretty handedly, um, which brings us to the next topic that we want to talk about, and that's the Herm Edwards being fired. Um like I said, they played this week without Herm Edwards because he was fired last week. Him getting fired to me, while newsworthy, isn't really the big story here because we, he was on the hot seat. He had been on the hot seat. It was just a matter of when, not if. But there was a leak that happened about a leak amongst the staff that says staffers were feeding information to the opponents in an effort to get Herm fired faster, to expedite his firing. Have you ever heard some shit like this at this level? It's, it's pretty wild, man. Like as soon as you send it over me, cause I think you were the first person that showed it to me before I had seen it online and stuff. And I was just like, Ooh, this isn't a good look. I mean, for Herm and uh, for his own sake, even the people involved. And then thinking about it more, I'm like, man, this is a really, I mean, to me, Herm wasn't getting another job after this, right? Like went through the NFL thing, got a college job. I don't even think he had coached college before. Looked like it was kind of okay at start. Now going bad, you know, it was on the high, hot seat and eventually getting fired. But so this was going to be, you know, pretty much his last stop anyway. But for any of those people that were under him, you're kind of like persona non grata right now, right? Because if I get you in the hiring process and I look at your resume and it says Arizona State from this time that Herm was there, I'm just going to consider you a snitch. Now that might not be fair. But you were there during that time. And if it's coming out that the staff did it, I don't know who is it. One person, two people, three, like, you know what I mean? Like, you just don't know. So it's one of those sucky situations where I'm not saying it's the same thing as the Udoka situation, but it's similar to where when something like that comes out, people just start guessing and you don't even have the answers. So like, yeah, we don't have the answers, but we know that somebody was snitching. It sucks we don't know the exact person, but that's just how it is. So now that everybody kind of gets blanketed with that, you know what I mean? So it, to me, it sucks more for anybody that's on that staff because I think they're all going to get, you know, side eyes when they go into interviews and be it fair or not fair. It's it's just the way it is. So hopefully you got out before this scandal came out. But yeah, man, it's not looking good. Yeah, it's funny because you said they were the snitch, but I think it's much worse than the snitch. At this point, you're a snake. Like you came out went out of your way to try to get my man fired. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's worse than just a snitch. Snitch is like, you're getting pressure put on you. So you're like, nah, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you what you want to know. Ain't nobody was even asking these people. They like, they had to reach out to the other team, like proactively to get this information out there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think the other team was like, Hey, you got anything to feed me? Like, nah, like you had to call them like, Hey, I work for Arizona state and they're going to try to do X, Y, and Z. Like, that's worse than a snitch, to be honest with you. And the funny thing is, is I think what it's going to require, like you said, for those people that are trying to get another job, it's going to almost require them to be a snitch to be like, hey, 
that wasn't me. That was so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so that was doing that shit. Because <laughs> that's the only way you're going to get another job, like you said. Because if I don't know which one, where the leak came from, and I'm assembling a new staff somewhere else, and your name comes up, I'm like, I'm not hiring anybody from that staff until I figure out who the snake really was. You know what I mean? Like, who's the mole? If you can't tell me that, I'm not hiring you because it could have been you. You know what I mean? So it puts everybody in that staff in a really bad situation because there's no chance as a head coach. I mean, you got to think about this is a million dollar job. I may not get another contract if this don't work out. I'm not putting my million dollar job on somebody who may or may not have given the opponent a competitive advantage in an effort to get me fired. Like, no, I'm not hiring you. I'm sorry. So I'm going to need you to give me some names of the people that did it and show some evidence and some proof before I even consider your application. So I think right now we have snakes, but snakes that there's going to be some people turning into snitches so that they can get a job in the future. That's, that's what I think is going to end up happening there. Cause you almost have to, cause otherwise your whole career is up in flames. Cause I see no reason to hire anybody out of that staff. If you don't know who the actual snake was. Because you might be hiring that nigga. And there's no way that I'm hiring a dude that's going to get me fired. Like, off rip. It's not like Arizona State was setting the world on fire anyway. So I could obviously find someone better, more than likely. Because it wasn't like they were doing that great of a job. So, he got to go. They all got to go. Somebody's got to go ahead and snitch. So that everybody else who had nothing to do with it can get their next job. And and move on from the term Edwards situation. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I... Do you just treat this like, um, you know how people do when they uh, didn't like their last job or didn't work out well? Do you just leave it off the resume and, like, say you just wasn't working for those past years? Like, yeah, I was just taking some time off, you know, getting to know me, you know. I'm ready to coach again now. Like, you just take that off the resume? I mean, you could try it, but, I mean, it just ain't like working at Walmart in 2016. Like, people see who's on the staff. Like, there's a, there's a whole roster and everything. So, they're going to be like, uh, I see you were at Arizona State. I had to find that out on my own. How come you ain't put that shit on the resume? <laughs> were you the snitch? Or were you the snake? Like, it's a bad look. You, could, you gotta try something. Like, really, this is all there is to it. Uh, so we're about, I'll, we'll call it a quarter of the way through the season right now. It's definitely too early to do Heisman talk. But guess what? We're gonna do Heisman talk anyway. Uh, so we played a game called On the Train last week um, where we decided if you're on or off the train. We're gonna do that this week with Heisman candidates. And we're going to do it with some more fringe candidates. We know Stroud is a Heisman candidate. We know Bryce Young is a Heisman candidate, so on and so forth. So I'm going to pick four quarterbacks, because that's generally who's going to be in the race for Heisman. And you tell me if you're on the hype train or off the hype train. I'm going to start with my guy, Hendon Hooker, who's out in Tennessee, out here balling. Do you... Are you on the train or off the train with him and Hooker having a chance to, to at least be in New York? Yeah, no, I think I am on the train. You know, I, I really like this uh, team. I like this offense. I like what Heupel's doing. He seems like a real player's coach. Uh, seems like his players really like him. He's really doing a, a recruiting trail. And being as a guy who won the Heisman himself, he won the Heisman also, right? He, I'm pretty sure. I know there was a string of those OU quarterbacks that were winning them in a time span. But, uh, but yeah, I think as one of those guys who has won the Heisman and played QB position, he definitely knows what it takes. He's going to let him sling it around. He's going to let him kind of do his thing. And 
with them playing in the SEC, there's a lot of big games that you can win to propel you. You know, say you beat a Georgia or Alabama, or you know one of those games and you know that's on CBS prime time and you ball out. Like that's going to throw you up there. So. I definitely think Hooker can throw himself in the mix. I think he will be one of those guys in uh, New York at the end of the year. And, yeah, I'm, I'm a believer, man. I'm ready to buy my ticket, maybe even uh, first class. But, yeah, I'm definitely getting a ticket on the uh, the Hooker train, you know, the Hendon Hooker train, not, you know, the regular Hooker train. But, yeah, you know what I mean. I was like, you're going to need to clarify that one, big dog. <laughs> Um, just to, for accuracy's sake, I'm pretty sure Hypo was a runner-up. I think Chris Winkie won that year. Um, I could be wrong, so I guess we'll we'll fact-check that. But I think he was the runner-up. And then uh, Jason White from Oklahoma, I think, ended up actually winning it. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm on the Hendon Hooker train as well. Uh, full name necessary. I just think he's going to play enough primetime games. Obviously, in the SEC, there's going to be some bias there. Um, he's doing really well. I think that offense is humming. I don't see it slowing down. Um, but he's going to have big games that people are seeing, very visible. I think in order to be a Heisman candidate, you do have to be visible. And he's going to have that. I think he's going to play well. He's a very good player. Um, so I'm definitely on the train as well. I'm going to take the next one, and for all the reasons why I said Hendon Hooker is going to be, I'm on that train. Those are all the reasons why I'm not on the train for one Michael Penix out here doing his thing out in Washington. And it's not because he's not talented enough. It's not because he's not going to put up good enough numbers. I don't think he's going to be visible because people aren't really watch, watching Washington football. I don't think he's going to have enough primetime games, enough in big games that people are seeing. Basically, his best opportunity i'm not even sure if they play usc this year but his best opportunity would be to like just ball out against usc i just don't think he's going to be a name that resonates enough with the average college football fan and and to get that hype and that campaign enough for him to really have a legitimate chance but my man's putting up numbers and if he ain't getting heisman consideration He's going to get some draft pick consideration, and I think one pays you better than the other. So um, hopefully he keeps on balling and he gets his chance to you know, go to the combine and get drafted, but I don't think he's going to have any real Heisman consideration. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's really hurting him playing all the way out west along with um, comes with that Pac-12 uh, TV contract. So I just think he's not enough high games, like you said, unless, you know, that USC game or whatever is on uh, primetime TV. But even then, I don't know if that's just enough. You know what I mean? Like, to me, if you play on the West Coast, you have to ball so hard for East Coast people to acknowledge that you're balling. You know what I mean? And I just don't know if he's going to get to that level. Plus, just not having enough exposure, man. Like, it's, and what sucks is, like, he's in, like, he's not like he's in a small place. Like, he's in a big city. So, but it just sucks. Like, I just think he's too far out west, and he would have to be on a Reggie Bush level to even be in consideration, I would think. I mean, I agree with that, but I'm, I would take it even a step further. Reggie Bush doing the same thing he does at Washington, does he get the same kind of hype? Just because, I mean, USC is just a much bigger brand. So who knows whether or not – because, I mean, yeah, who knows. But for Michael Penix specifically, I think another thing is you kind of have to be on the radar at least in the year prior – so with Hendon Hooker, he kind of got a little bit of buzz toward the end of last year that goes into this year, which um, kind of helps with that campaign. Whereas Michael Pendens is just go getting onto the scene this year. Unless you're at an institution like a Ohio State and Alabama, Texas, so on and so forth, 
you're going to need a whole year's body of work and to already be on the map for you to get to that point. And I just don't think he has that. One of those schools that is in that kind of realm that does get that kind of exposure is Oklahoma. And they have a quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, that's been kind of setting the world on fire as well. So what do you think about the hype train there? Are you on the train? Are you buying a ticket or are you, are you off? Cause they lost. I think we off because they lost, honestly, and it's not even on him. I don't, I don't want to blame him as much. I just don't think they're that good of a team, quite honestly. Like I think they're an okay team, but I think there's, I think the Big Twelve. I think they're all kind of mixed. Like I don't think any team is head above shoulder. I think they're all kind of packed together, and I just think they're going to lose enough games to where it's going to put them out of the mix. And I think these other guys, minus maybe Penix, I guess, of course, who's on the West Coast. I just think he's going to have more losses than all these teams. Like I think Tennessee is going to be a better team. I think Washington is probably going to be around the same, and I think uh, Clemson is who we'll talk about somebody on that team we'll get to later, is also going to be a team that's going to be better. So more or less, I just don't think his team is going to be in it enough for him to be on that list and him stand out enough over the guys we're talking about right now, plus the other guys who we know are going to be there more than likely, and like Stroud and uh, Bryce Young from Alabama. So I just don't know if he can get into that mix. I think he, out of everybody on this list we talk about, probably has the hardest path to getting in this list, even harder than Michael Penix, just because Penix can put up some crazy stats in a game, and I just don't know if Gabriel can do the same thing. So uh, I'm I'm off the train. I'm I'm good. Y'all can get on that. I'm gonna let that train go on by. Yeah, I just think there's too much tied to winning. Um, with them already taking a loss to Kansas State, I don't see them running the table um, with Texas, Oklahoma State, and some of those other teams. They're gonna have to play in the Big Twelve. I think they have another slip up. And then once you're not really competitive with respect to a playoff type of thing, I think that's hard to get there. Um, I do think he's good enough. And if they did run the table, then he absolutely would have a really good shot to be in New York because he'll have the numbers. But I just don't think they're going to run the table, so I'm not buying that ticket. Like, I, I thought about it, you know. It's like, you know, you go to the store and you grab something that you want to buy. And then you kind of just walk around with it. Then you're just like, ah, I'm going to put it back. I don't need it. Like, that's how I feel about this. Like, I had the tickets in hand. I was ready to purchase them. I put them back. I don't, I don't want them. I know that's not how train tickets work. You don't get the ticket until you pay for them. But stick with me for the analogy sake. You know what I'm trying to say. I'm off of that. The last one, we talked about Clemson. Big Cinco, Mr. DJ, still can't say his name. I, I was trying to. They said his name a lot in that Wake Forest game because he was balling. Can't get it right. So I will bring it to the podcast once I can get it right. Your nickname is, I like it anyway, so we're going to stick with that for now. Um, I will start. I am not on the train. Nope, I am not buying the ticket. I really like him as a player. I hope he continues to do well. I want to see him at the next level in the NFL. I'm just not ready to buy this ticket because I don't think this is going to be a week-in, week-out type of thing. I don't think Wake Forest has a very good defense. He pretty much carved up a bad defense. I don't think we see this all the time. We didn't, If we hadn't seen it before in the season, I don't see us continuing to see this. I think he'll be solid. I think he'll be good. Again, he has some NFL aspirations because he has all the traits that you want to see. I don't think he's going to put up Heisman type numbers. I'm not buying this ticket. What do you think? 
Well, since I purchased this ticket pretty early in the season for Mr. DJ Ungaluale, I think I'm going to stick with it, man. I'm going to hold on to my ticket. I just, I think, like you said, we winning is tied into this. And I think Clemson is a good team. I think they're going to be in it, you know, almost all year, probably make the playoffs. And they're going to have enough primetime games. And I just think that there's going to be enough of these games where he can rack up some easy stats, you know, four touchdowns, 400 yards, you know what I mean? A five touchdown, like four, you know what I mean? Like, I just think he's going to have enough of those games to throw in there along with Clemson being good that he stays in the race. Now, does he win the race? I don't think so, but I think he can stay in the race. So I'm going to keep my ticket. I'm not, you know, usually if I'm really excited, I'm trying to bump up the first class, not going that far. I'm just going to take my regular old degular ticket, sit in the back, chill, give me a nice little seat early maybe, and I'm gonna enjoy my train ride, you know. Not going nowhere in a hurry. I'm just, I'm just enjoying the, the sights. So I'm gonna hold on to my ticket for right now. All right, I like it. You ain't returning things is a hassle anyway. I know you don't want to look at the return policy, see if you're still able to, see if there's any sort of fee associated with it. That's kind of a hassle. So if I was in your boat, I'd probably keep the ticket. But since I never got one, I'm just not gonna go get one. So that's the four that we had listed. Um, I'd love to get you guys' opinion on whether or not you think that they're you're on that train and you're buying that ticket or not. Um, so let's go ahead and move to the NFL. Um, I'm hand it over to you, Nick, so you can let us know where we were at as far as reviewing our picks from last week. I think you beat me without knowing for sure. So uh, give us the official results. Okay, another week in picks. And, I mean, we, we, we did all right this week. Uh, Jamal, you went 9-7. I went 10-6. and six. Um I'm going to go mainly over the slip-ups, not really the uh, the winnings. Slip-ups on us, the Raiders. What are they doing? What, guys, get it together. You, you signed Derek Carr in offseason. You get Devontae Adams. We think this office is going to be rolling. I mean, honestly, it's probably the defense that's more of the problem. Personnel, this and that, but Raiders, come on. Let's, let's get it rolling. Uh, the Chiefs was another one that we both had missed. Tight score game. These things happen. The Colts seemingly do this stuff every now and again at home to teams. Uh, but I don't think we're losing faith in the Chiefs. You, you don't win them all. Um, another one we both got wrong, Saints. Ooh, I know I was high on the Saints coming into the season. I, I think you were high on the Saints coming into the season. I don't know if it's time to reevaluate that, maybe. But, uh, yeah, Saints is another one. Chargers. I'm going to give us a mulligan on that one, man. Herbert was clearly hurt. They were talking about you know him having to take shots in the rib before the game. All the Tyrod Taylor jokes come out serious and I, I mean it's kind of serious probably shouldn't joke about it but all the jokes came out Chargers end up losing that game Herbert doesn't really look very good in that and then the last game that we both got wrong 49ers what is going on there like I'm gonna like I picked the 49ers basically because I thought Denver was a dumpster fire and they still are like I still believe Denver's a dumpster fire but the Niners looked even worse. Jimmy Garoppolo looked bad. He pulled the Dan Orlovsky. You never go full Dan Orlovsky. Um, and they just need, they got to figure out offense. You know, everybody was singing the praises of Jimmy G the week before, but they played a bad team, man. And this is a part of the reason why the Niners were ready to move on. And so many of y'all pulled out, well, he's a winner. He's a this and a that. Did he look like a fucking winner the other day when they were playing Broncos? Because he looked like a loser to me. So, yeah, good little week, though. Staying above water. I love it. On to the next week. That's hilarious. Never go full Dan Orlovsky. I, I, I love it. Um, on the note, basically, for some of the misses we had, a lot of it could be attributed to QB play. 
Um, more specifically, I want to talk about a few different quarterbacks. Let's start with Derek Carr, because uh, that was one that we both missed on. What's your take on Derek Carr, and did the Raiders make a big mistake by paying this man? Oh, Derek Carr. What, like, I, I don't even know. Like, Mr. Dump It Down himself, like, he took the title from, like, Kirk Cousins, because Kirk Cousins used to be Mr. Dump It Down until he decided, I'm just going to throw it deep all the time instead. But I don't... To me, Derek Carr is clearly the problem, but they can't even get off him because they got they gave him an extension. You can't fire the coach because you just hired him. I mean, I guess you could, but that doesn't seem very smart. I mean, I guess you just got to preach patience because you have a new new GM because you got rid of May. I don't know if they hired a GM yet. I haven't kept up with the Raiders that much, but uh, yeah, man, I just he's just uninspiring. He just he is what he is. He's I don't know, what do you want to call him, the ultimate game manager? I don't know, man. Like, I feel like you can win with Carr, but, it, it, like, do you want to, I guess, is the question more or less. Like, is that the way you want to win? And I'm going to kind of, I'm going to probably rant on it somewhere down the line in this podcast or something, but you can't always play so close to the best. Like, you've got to take chances. And they play so close to the best, especially him, with a defense that's not even that good, that you don't even allow for mistakes. And Carr just hold to me, Carr's holding the back. And I just don't know as a team, where do you go? Because you signed him to an extension. So they're just stuck, but they're stuck because they stuck themselves there. You know what I mean? Like, nobody puts you in that bad situation. Like, you put... It's almost like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie 72 Hours. It's the movie with James Franco, the dude gets his arm stuck in the rocks. Like, nobody puts you in that rock climbing situation. You kind of put yourself there. Like, it sucks you got stuck, but you wouldn't have got stuck if you would have never been there. So I feel like that's what the Raiders are. They're stuck, but they're stuck by their own fault. Yeah, I'm glad you did an analogy because I'm going to do my own analogy when it comes to Derek Carr. Um, And it's not even necessarily that I think – I don't personally think he's the problem. I just don't think he's the solution, I guess I should say. And the thing with Derek Carr to me is he kind of reminds me of – he's like a toddler, right? Like everybody that that has kids understands where I'm going with this. It's not his play as a toddler, but just kind of the way he acts because you'll get a toddler – a really nice toy. You'll spend all the money on it. And then as you're building and assembling it, you turn around and all the toddler wants to do is play with the box. It's all he's doing is playing with the box and having a good old time, pretending it's a car, making it a slide and all this stuff. And you're like, why the hell did I spend all this money on this damn car or all this toy if all he's going to do is play with the damn box? And that's what Derek Carr is. You go out there and you, you re-up Darren Waller. You give Hunter Renfro an extension. You go out and you go get Devontae Adams, and he's throwing it to Mac Hollins. Like, Mac Hollins is the damn box. Like, that's, that's about as box as it gets. And it just doesn't make sense to me. And you're sitting here looking, and you're like, man, I spent all this capital on Devontae Adams, locked up Waller, locked up Hunter Renfro, went and drafted another running back. Like, all this stuff to get you the things that you feel like he needs and he don't want any of that stuff. He's not willing. He ain't playing with that. He's playing with the box and it would just drive me crazy as a GM. It's like, why did I go get this stuff? Like I could have spent that on the defense that can't stop no damn body. If you weren't going to use the shit that I got you. And so that's my issue with Derek Carr is that he's playing with the box, man. And that's just a frustrating thing. I'm sure parents all around know what I'm talking about. It's just really frustrating. But at the end of the day, like I said, that box, he did find a way to get, you know, eight catches, 150 yards, and a touchdown. So he was having a good-ass time with that box. But it's just still frustrating that you're spending all these resources on things, and he's not even willing to use it. And it's a guy that, like, he's had 
familiarity with. It's not some random dude that he played. He played college. They're like best friends. I think they were at each other's wedding. Like it's not some random, and he still won't just give the man a chance. Like we have the resume of Devonte Adams, and he's still not, you know, trusting him with that. And it's just a really frustrating thing. Um, but again, I don't think it's his fault. I do think it's the defensive issue. But at the end of the day, you paid all this money for the offense, and you have an 0-3 team in a competitive division. Well, what should have been a competitive division on paper anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's just that's just my take on Derek Carr. The next quarterback I want to talk about is Jimmy Garoppolo, the winner himself. Oh, boy. We have to stop doing this. And I'm going to use... Jimmy Garoppolo as social commentary before we move on. The quarterback position is the only position that we give people praise without them actually being good. If there was a Jimmy Garoppolo equivalent at any other position, we'd be talking about how that position needs to be upgraded and that's the position that's holding them back. But for whatever reason with Jimmy Garoppolo, because he went to a Super Bowl in spite of him, We want to pretend like he's good. And we do this with so many quarterbacks to where Derek Carr is another one where we inflate how good he is just because he plays quarterback, right? Jimmy Garoppolo equivalent at any other position is a depth piece. Let's be honest about this. He's not a starter. He's not someone you feel good about starting. He's someone that you don't have the money to upgrade him or you just didn't, you missed on a draft pick and now he's playing, right? He's, he's the, right tackle that you always have to have a tight end on his side to do a chip so that he doesn't get beat every time. Like that's what Jimmy Garoppolo is. And I don't know why we're so afraid to call it what it is. And it really just bothers me because we do this with quarterbacks all around the league, but Garoppolo isn't good. Okay. I watched that Sunday night game. And then I watched Monday night with Cooper rush. That's the same guy. They're the same guy. Like, they even wear the same number. And Cooper Rush looked better, like, if we're being honest about it. So we're sitting here and we try to glorify Garoppolo, but he looks like a backup quarterback because he is a backup quarterback. And stop act. That's why nobody traded for him. We talk about all this, oh, it's because of his shoulder. No, he just isn't good. And teams know that. I don't know why the media acts like they don't know that as well because he's just not a good quarterback. And I get it. Quarterback's a very hard position to play. That's 100% true. So there's not that many of them because it's so hard. That's true. But scarcity doesn't make that person good. It's like, you know, when gas prices went up. Okay, I know this isn't a good deal. I just need the gas, so I'm going to buy it anyway. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's a good deal. Like, oh, I'm getting the high-quality gas. That's why I'm paying so much for it. No, I know that right now... It just is what it is. I have to have the gas. You have to have a quarterback. You're going to pay. But we don't have to pretend like it was a good deal or that's a good like investment. It's not. So more than likely, 15, 20 to, 15 to 20 teams in the league are going to have to make a bad investment at quarterback because you have to have a quarterback. Just say that. Let's just stop trying to put lipstick on a pig and just call it what it is. We don't have better options, so we're going to roll the dice with this guy. I hope it works out. That's Jimmy Garoppolo in a nutshell. And that's probably, like I said, 15, 10 to 15 other quarterbacks in the league. But I feel like Garoppolo is the poster child for exactly what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, man. I'm going to stick up for Cooper Rush a little bit because at least Cooper Rush doesn't make mistakes. Like, that's the one thing I love about Cooper Rush is, like, he's like, yo, I'm just not going to make no mistakes. Like, I'm going to keep us in this game. And if we lose, it ain't going to be because of me. It might be because of somebody else. But it's not going to be because of me. But uh, with Jimmy, yeah, man, he's he's just trash. He's horrible. I've been trying to say this for, like, the last couple of years. And I feel like every time I would say this or be on Twitter with this, I would just get winter shit thrown in my face. And it was, it's annoying, man. It's annoying when you actually watch people play and you're like, yo, do you see when I'm like, am, am I blind? Like, am I, am I the one? Am I being biased? And you just, and it eventually comes like his Orlovsky play. Cause that's what I'm just going to forever call it was so bad that if he didn't step out of bounds, he would have thrown a pick six. Like, he literally saved himself from giving up more points by running out of bounds first. Like, that's how bad that whole play in total fucking was. Like, he's just, when he's bad, it's a dumpster fire, man. Like, it's it's literally that scene, uh, it's that gif that people use on Twitter when shit's going wrong. Well, there's a couple of them. You can either pick the dog sitting in the fire being like, everything's okay. Or you can be the one with Donald Glover walking into the room with the pizzas and everything's on fire and everybody's running around. Like, that's what it is when Jimmy G's under center. So, yeah, it's going to be a rough year. It's going to be an up and down year, man. They just they don't have the guy they thought they were going to have. They got Jimmy. We, you know what comes with that. And this is a reason why nobody wants to trade for him at that high-ass salary. This is a reason why. no Like, wh- why would I trade for a backup quarterback? Why? Like, why would I want to do that? I'm going to give up picks for a backup? I can draft that shit in the sixth round. So, yeah, man, this is the bed that the 49ers made, and they got to lay in it, you know? So it is what it is now. 100% agree. And the last one, I've already went on my rant on this. I might add a little commentary, but I'm going to let you go. That's Russell Wilson. Talk to me about what you're seeing from Russell. <laughs> let Russ cook, right? Dog, they thought they was getting a sous chef. They got a fucking hamburger flipper, dog. My man works at Burger King. He flips burgers. My man is not a chef. You know what I mean? Like, Chef Curry with the pot boy? No, that's not him at all. He he flips burgers. Flips them well, but he flips burgers. And so I think when you have that, a cooked quarterback who you paid a lot of money to, a head coach who's so lost at head coaching, he had to hire a coach to help him coach, and that coach ain't even good because they messed up their first challenge of the game. So so much going against them on top of being cooked, and it's going to be a long road, man. Like, you know, it's, he's another one that gets excuses made for him, but he's just missing throws. He's short-arming throws. Like, he looks like a second baseman or shortstop whose arm is getting cooked or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like he looks like Chuck Knobloch. Like he's throwing that shit in the fucking stands. So he's got to get it figured out. They've got to get it figured out, but I don't know if he can at this point. I think that the Broncos were so starved for us, you know, a starting QB. And when, you know, Russ was kind of going through his things with Seattle, they saw an opportunity and just jumped on instead of maybe, you know, watching the film, getting a little bit, you know, a deeper dive into why is Seattle so willing to part ways with a QB that you would consider a franchise type QB, especially when Seattle had weapons itself up there. So, yeah, I just think, you know, Denver's been doing this for a while now, right? Like they've just been trying to kind of plug in QBs and trying to figure it out instead of, you know, drafting. I mean, I guess they tried to a lot drafting, but I mean, I don't know. It seems like they're, instead of going to get that guy and like developing him, they're just trying to do that rotating thing of, okay, we're bringing a veteran here. Okay, we'll do this again. We like our roster, but we're just missing that one piece and they're still missing that one piece. So it's going to be a lot. And maybe Russ figures it out or maybe they figure out his limitations and work around that, right? Like, so 
a few years back when it was clear that Brady couldn't throw the out route, right? Like he was kind of, it was getting picked off a lot. It just clear he could do. They took took it out. He just wasn't throwing that shit no more. He was like, I'm just not gonna do stuff that I can't do. Maybe they need to do that with Russ. Like find the really really good things he does, which is getting out of the pocket and kind of doing his Russ things, and do those more. Like enough of just the straight drop backs. Enough of him trying to be a pocket passer. Get out of the pocket, man. Use your legs a little bit more. Get the defense moving uh, east to west a little bit more. Just make things a little bit easier for you, especially if you're not going to be able to do all those things that other guys do from the pocket. So I, I I do think he's cooked, but maybe they can get a little bit more better. Like he's at he's at like an eighth of a tank. Like you can, you still can get get somewhere. You just can't get very far. So I think that's where they're at at the moment. You said they need to start going downhill, put it in neutral, let it ride. Uh, let's ride. Um, I mean, for me, it's just we were told that it was just because the offensive line in Seattle was bad. We're looking at, I mean, a Denver team that's really protected them pretty well. I mean, a lot of the sacks that he got were covered sacks. And frankly, I'm not even sure if it's a covered sack as much as he seems a little gun shy to pull the trigger. Um, he's... He's if his if Derek Carr is not captain check down, Russ is now. That's why having Javante Williams on your fantasy team is a great thing because you don't get eight catches a game just from Russ being scared to throw it down the field and then checking it down to Javante. He only makes the throw if it's obvious. He hasn't it doesn't seem like he trusts his anticipation anymore. Like everybody came open and then the ball's released, not throwing it expecting him to come open. He doesn't look like he trusts himself anymore. He doesn't seem confident at all. He's just, the game passes you by, man. He's had a really good career. This is coming to an end, right? And what's, I think, makes people kind of in denial about that is we've seen so many quarterbacks have such a prolonged career and have done it up until, you know, basically pushing 40. And we just kind of expect that from everybody. Things spoil at different times, right? You can't, you can leave out the Twinkies, but you can't leave out the milk. You know what I mean? Like, there's diff- not everything's the same. They all have different expiration dates. And that's what we're seeing is my man's expiring. Like, he's at the point now where you, you, you smell the milk and you're like, oh, nope. Nope. <laughs> that's just got to go. Can't, can't use that no more. So it is what it is. And what's frustrating to me is when the trade happened, I was just like, I feel like they went the wrong direction. I feel like they should have tanked to get a quarterback because if you look at all their pieces, all their pieces are really young, really. Like, I think Cortland Sutton is probably the oldest of their weapons because Jerry Judy's young. I still don't know how I feel about Hamler, but he's young. Javante Williams is young. If you look on the defensive side, you know, Bradley Chubb's not that old. Um, Patrick Sertan's not that old. Even... Darby's not that old. So they have a really young nucleus. And so this seemed like a really good opportunity for them to just be bad for a little bit, get that quarterback. And then now you have a really open window because your core is all the same age. But not only did they get a cooked quarterback, they got a quarterback whose window is very different than that of the rest of their stars. So they kind of need to win now because they have their quarterback and the fact that they just paid my man 250 but they might have players that are still getting to their prime because they have a really young team around them. So it, it was a mismatch in a lot of different ways. I was skeptical from the beginning. I don't like to pat myself on the back, but that's what I'm doing currently. So I just think it was a bad match. I think if I can see it from Alaska watching 
red zone and seeing Russ every third play, seeing that he was kind of cooked, then I don't see why NFL teams can't see that. And, you know, you kind of reap what you sow. So now they're in a really bad situation. And I think they end up bottoming out anyway, but doing it without the cap flexibility because they just they don't have a choice. So it is what it is. I got, I'm going to skip this next question that I was supposed to ask. I'm going to go to a more fun question. If you remember in the offseason, we had Tyreek Hill and Eli Apple. Uh, I guess it was Tyreek's offseason because it was when the Bengals beat uh, the Chiefs. And Eli Apple was talking all this cash money about Tyreek. And it went on into the offseason as well. And here we are with Tyreek in Miami. And we have a Thursday night game with Cincinnati versus Tyreek and Tyreek found out he was playing against the Bengals and he was like, Oh, I need to go against Eli. I owe you boy. So with Tyreek having a really good start to the season last week, notwithstanding and Eli Apple being well, Eli Apple, my question to you is how many yards does Tyreek Hill put up on Eli Apple's head come Thursday night? I'm going to say not that many. I think Eli Apple is going to avoid Hill like the Black Plague. I think he's going to be like, yo, put me on the other side. I need help. He's going he gonna to be, help, police, help. That's going to be Eli Apple on Thursday night. So, I don't know. I don't think he's going to get be burnt toast as we like to, you know, people like to make fun. Eli Apple's the easiest target on Twitter. Is he not when he plays like for some reason, nobody likes Eli Apple. I don't even know if his own mama likes him anymore. I hope she does, but it just feels like nobody's on Eli Apple's side once he starts getting burnt. But, um, I, 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 yeah, they left him alone in the Super Bowl Cup. That was a bad decision. Let's, And I don't think that was his decision. I would hope not. But, uh, yeah, let's hope he gets some help over the top. Probably going to have to – it's a little hard because Jalen Wall is on the other side, but you got to pick your poison at this point. But, yeah, I – I don't think he gets burnt, burnt. He probably gets burnt for a tug. You know, that it happens to the best. So, I mean, if he's not the best, I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying even the best get burnt. So, I think he gets a tug probably on him from Tyree because Tyree gets by everybody. But I don't think he's going to go crazy on him. The reason why people don't like Eli Apple is because he's not self-aware. There's plenty of players that, you know, just aren't that good, right? Like, that's a thing, right? Relative. I mean, he's an NFL player. It's not that he's not good at football. It's just... It's levels to this shit, right? So at this level, he's not that great. That's fine. There's plenty of players that are going to be role players. And for every time a receiver makes a great play, somebody got beat, right? Sometimes that happens to some people more than others, right? And that's Eli Apple. But he talks like he's nice. Like he talks the same way Jalen Ramsey talks. And yeah, Jalen Ramsey's been beat a couple times, but he's also, you know, made the Pro Bowl, got some pick. Like he's done some things in his career that would allow him to talk. And to allow him to have that swag and that confidence. Eli Apple has all of that without the resume, and that's why people don't like him. I don't think he's self-aware enough to duck and dodge Tyreek the way he should. The question is, is the defensive coordinator self-aware enough to make sure that he's like, hey, let's just not do this. But if given the opportunity, Tyreek going for a buck, easy on him. The only way he doesn't, like I said, is if what you described and what probably should happen happens and they hide him, they roll coverage his way, they bracket, they do all these things. The reason why I'm not confident that happens is because of what you mentioned is they left Eli Apple one-on-one with Cooper Cup in the Super Bowl in the deciding moments of that game. So if you're going to make that decision then, then I see no reason <laughs> to think that you're going to protect my man now. And I think Tyreek spazzes on him. I'm going to go for... 
117 on four catches. I can easily see that happening. You know what I mean? Like, it can be done. But I, like you said, I would hope the Bengals wouldn't be that dumb again. But I've seen dumber things happen. So we'll see. All right. And this isn't on the slate, but I was going to just let it pass because everybody's talking about it. But I feel like we need to at least cover it a little bit. And that's this email Udoka situation. It's too big of a story not to at least cover in the slightest. When it first came out, I was like, a year is really heavy for some a consensual relationship. But now there's some things sneaking out that it's like, maybe it wasn't consensual. And then it was, you know, a VP's wife. And it's just super messy. I don't really know where to stand because I feel like if I make a stance right now, the rest of it's going to come down and we're going to figure out like, oh, okay, there was a lot more of this shoe to drop. So I'm going to pass the buck a little bit and ask you to take a stance on what you feel about this whole um, Udoka situation. Well, I damn sure ain't taking a stand for Emi Udoka like Stephen A. did. That's some dumb shit. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I'm just going to, I'm not going to take a stand either, man. I'm going to wait and see. I just don't, I don't, especially on things like this, I don't like jumping to conclusions. And I thought that was really crazy to see when it first came out that so many people were ready to just jump on things, not knowing shit. And that's just so weird to me. I guess I don't do that because I gamble. So I kind of like to know things before I make decisions on things. That's kind of how gambling goes. You just don't really go into gambling blind. You like to know as much information as you can get before you, you know, you make decisions. And I, I'm going to do the same with this. You know, if the Celtics are taking it this seriously, where their first year head coach who took them to the finals, they have to suspend for a year. I'm going to think it's pretty serious. Like nobody is is like, they weren't trying to do that. You know what I mean? Like it seems like at every turn, they were trying to squash this and get rid of it and figure it out. And it just got to a point where they couldn't. So I'm not going to jump on things either. I, you know, we still got some wait and see on the situation, but it's not a good one, man. It sucks for, it sucks for, the victim involved, it sucks. It even sucks for, like, it doesn't suck as much, but it's like for the players who have to answer questions that have nothing to do with them. And they, they don't even, might not even know the full situation. So it, it sucks that you're having a lot of people have to answer for stuff that they didn't do or don't even know the full scale of the situation. So like you said, it's just a messy situation in general. And this has kind of been the NBA over the last month, going back to even the Sarver stuff. It's just messiness, man, and messiness in the front office and messiness with pe- uh, messiness with people in power. So maybe the NBA needs to take a look at that in their uh, their situations. But, I mean, it's just not the NBA. I mean, we had it in, in the NFL with the commanders this past offseason and Daniel Snyder's, you know, all the stuff going on with them and all the um, higher ups that have come through that organization within the last, even just couple of years. So I think we just need to take closer looks at these organizations and see how they're really being run and just, you know, do better is what I say. I, I think we all probably have to do better in aspects of our life, but these organizations, especially just, you need to do better. So that's all I'm gonna say on the situation at this time. Yeah, I think I tend to agree. The way this leaked was also really bad in my opinion because it came out as it was consensual and then now it's kind of going back the other way and so now it's like what is even true and then we're hearing that i guess a starter leaked the whole thing and then now we're like okay which starter was it and then 
because of the way it came out, and I get to speculate which female. It's just so much stuff. The way it was presented creates so much damage because people ain't shit, right? So you're going to have people doing their own research and jumping to their own conclusions, and now there's death threats on women that had nothing to do with this, or maybe they did. Who knows? Like, so my biggest thing as far as what I do know is the way this was handled as far as the way it was uh, presented to the public was kind of irresponsible because we did a lot of, it was a lot of ambiguity and, you know, people aren't that reasonable. They don't do well with ambiguity. So it, I think it really impacted a lot of people's life and their livelihood that have technically nothing to do with this. They just so happen to also work for the Celtics. So I do, I do think we need to do better in that capacity. Um, I understand this is a business. People are trying to get out first have the story, drive content, make money. But we can't do that in a way that's going to jeopardize or sacrifice someone else's well-being. Or I guess we shouldn't do it in that way. So I just wish we were also more responsible with other people's lives and the impacts that these things can have so that we're caring for them as humans as well as our own business and our own interests in that way. So... Obviously, it's easy for me to say because I don't have no damn sources, so I can't do that type of thing. But I really would like to believe that if if, if this podcast got big like that and we making this money, that we would still care for um, the well-being and the livelihood of others um, while trying to you know make a buck as well. So, all right. I just realized I switched before we made our picks for the week. So we're a little bit out of order. But let's go ahead and jump back to the NFL so that we can make our week four picks. I don't even know the games on the slate. I'm pulling a Nick from week one, from week two, I think it was. So let's go ahead and go. All right. Week, what is this now? Week four? We're on week four. I love it. All right. Well, I'm just going to let you look first. I'm going to run down all my picks because I don't have time crunch, but I got it. Uh, first one, Bengals, Dolphins. I'm going Bengals, Dolphins, Dolphins. Um, Used up a lot of energy in that game, man. Quick turnaround, beat up. I'm just going to – I like the Bengals in this matchup. Cowboys, Commanders, Cowboys, you know Wentz is going to give you one. Cowboys defense has been actually pretty damn good all season. Uh, not as many turnovers as last year, but just not giving up points. Um, Saints-Vikings, I'm going to go Vikings, man. I just – I can't trust the Saints no more, and I really like the Saints coming into this year, but they got to get much – they got to – I can't trust them right now. Uh, Falcons, Browns. I'm going to go with the Falcons. They're at home. They stay in every game. I like that offense. I like Mariota. Uh, I don't know the situation with Garrett. I know he was in a one-car car crash. I don't know if he's playing this week. I would assume not. So I'm going to go with the Falcons. Seahawks at Detroit. I like the Lions. I'm not even going to go deep into that one. I just like the Lions. Colts, Titans. I got the Colts. I'm just not a big fan of Tannehill. They're on the road. I I got the Colts, especially at that last week. I think they have a little bit of momentum going. Giants-Bears. I think I honestly just flipped the coin in my head, and the coin came up Giants, so that's what I'm going to go with. (laughs) I don't know if that even works, but I did it that way. (laughs) But next one up, Jags-Eagles. I think this is going to be the game of the week, low-key. I don't know if a lot of people are going to talk about it, but I think it's going to be a really exciting game. I'm going with the Eagles, man. I really like Jalen Hurts. I like what they're doing over there. They run the ball. They throw like they're about as even as a team can be. I feel like like they run the ball and throw the ball, and they do them both pretty well. So I like the Eagles. 
We got Jets at Steelers. I have no faith in the Jets offense. And I mean, no, sorry, the Steelers offense, I have no faith in. At least with the Jets, I know Flacco going to sling it downfield a couple times and maybe hit a big play. Like, he ain't going to be scared. Like, at least I know that with Flacco. Like, the Steelers, they're going to play scared, which means they're going to lose. So I got the Jets in that one. Ravens, Bills, another team. Uh, I'm going to go with the same theory as I did with the Dolphins. I think the Bills just use a lot of energy, and they're already reeling from the injuries that they have uh, in their secondary. So I like the Ravens in this matchup with Lamar uh, tossing it all over the field and running it. Chargers, Texans, I flip-flopped this one. I at first had the Texans, but then I was like, wait, I think Keenan Allen's coming back. Herbert's probably going to be a little bit healthier. No way I could pick Texas. So I got the Chargers in that one. Cards, Panthers, cards, easy. We, um, you don't need me to talk about that one. Raiders, uh, P- Packers, I got the Packers. Or, sorry, Packers, Patriots, sorry. I got the Packers in that one. The Patriots, Mac Jones hurt. The offense looks shaky. They're just a shaky team right now. I think Green Bay's starting to slowly but surely get it together, get it kind of going. Um, Broncos, Raiders, God, this is going to be the worst game of the week, right? Like, this is this is going to be horrible. This is going to be another Kansas City. I mean, not Kansas City. Dang, I'm getting all my teams mixed up. San Francisco, Denver, right? Like, this with Denver being involved again. But that being said, I got the Raiders. They are at home. I think they get off the schneid of having zero wins and get the first dub of the year. Chiefs, Bucks, I hopefully break. Well, he will have a, oh, my God. Mike Evans, there we go. I was drawing a blank. Mike Evans will be back from suspension. Bucks will be a little bit healthier. Uh, who knows with the Godwin situation, but I'm still going to go Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are a better team at this point, and that's who I like in this matchup. Last but not least, Monday Night Football, Rams, Niners, Rams. Y'all don't need no explanation. Jamal, let me hear your picks. All right, I like it. Let's go ahead and run it down. I know you're on a time crunch, so we're going to go real quick. Um, I know everything says that I'm supposed to pick the Bengals for Thursday night. I'm picking Miami. Don't have a good reason. Just a hunch. I like to buck the trend every now and then. Um, I'm going Vikings over New Orleans because I don't like what I've seen from New Orleans. I'm picking Cleveland over the Falcons. I just don't think they can stop that run game. I got Dallas over Washington. Detroit over Seattle. The Colts over Tennessee. I'm also taking the Giants over Chicago. As much as I like the way Jacksonville looks, can't pick them over the Eagles right now. The Eagles are like the best team in the league as of right now. Um, I got Pittsburgh squeaking it out over New York. Jets, I am not confident, but I'm doing it anyway. I got the Bills over Baltimore. Told you I'm probably not going to pick against them very often. I think they're going to be a pissed off team. They were in that game with a lot of people hurt. I think they get a little healthier, and I think they win that game. Uh, The Chargers over Houston. The Cardinals over Carolina. Carolina was impressive last week, but I'm not betting on Baker very often. Green Bay over New England. I got Las Vegas over Denver just because at least I know they can score a little bit. I don't like what I've seen from Russ. We talked about that. Kansas City over Tampa Bay. I think they get back on track. I think Tampa Bay is going to be, obviously, like you said, a little healthier, but I still have questions. I don't have as many questions about Kansas City, so I'm going to go with that. And I got the Rams over the Niners on Monday night because Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback, and I just don't trust it. I don't even really think the Rams' defense is that good, but I think it will be good enough against the Niners. So um, I got 
the Rams in that one, and that's my rundown. I try to do that as quick as possible. Did you get all you're those? Good. You know, yeah, you're good. I was writing fast. You know what's funny is I wrote down your Rams pick before you even said it. I got down there. I was like, I'm not. I don't. I don't need to know. I know it. I'm gonna write it down for sure. All right. With that being said, let's go ahead and bring it home. Uh, this is in honor of the Sunday night game that we just watched, which was well awful. Uh, so, what is or was the most boring football game you have ever seen and you cannot answer this last Sunday night game even though that might be the right answer for some of you but I'm going to say that you're not allowed to say that one so uh, pick a different boring football game that you watched so I, that one for sure is the boringest like I know we're not picking it but it was like I, I'm sure there are some ones that people are but that one was pretty damn boring especially for modern day football Ugh, just horrible but my I know we kind of talked about before, and we were saying the stakes were kind of high, so we can't make it a boring football game, but it was still damn boring. And I'm picking that Rams-Patriots Super Bowl. Like, I can't remember the final score, but god damn, that was a boring game to watch. Like, I want to say the halftime. Was that the Shakira, like, J-Lo halftime? Because if that was, at least that saved that Super Bowl. But if that wasn't even the halftime show for that Super Bowl, then god damn, that was a boring Super Bowl. Like, like that I don't even think a touchdown was scored until like the fourth quarter. Like they, they, that game was so bad that the Rams traded away golf. They were like, yo, get out of here. Like we can't do this. Like go, just go far away. So that to me was hella boring, especially for it being a Super Bowl. You just don't associate that game with being boring. And for a Super Bowl to be boring, you know, it had to be pretty bad. So I know the stakes were still high. There's a championship on the line, but that Patriots uh, Rams one was a pretty damn boring game. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty boring one. I did say football game and not NFL game. I'm going to go, unfortunately, with the Virginia Tech first Wake Forest game. Um, it is infamous because that is the picture that you've seen, I'm sure, on social media with Frank Beamer with both his hands held high, celebrating the fact that the game went into overtime at a 0-0 score. Uh, the only reason I stayed tuned to that game was because of my allegiance to Virginia Tech. So no one can ever question my fandom because I was there the whole way to watch us lose in overtime in one of the most boring games I have ever seen in my entire life. And yet I still proudly am a Virginia Tech fan. But the game went into overtime at 0-0. I don't think I need to say anything more. I'm sure you guys have not seen the game, but you've probably seen the meme. It was just awful to watch. And not only was it boring, it was also painful because, well, my team was involved and they ended up losing that game. So all bad all around. I don't know why I picked this as the bring it home because it just made me sad saying it, but it is what it is. Life goes on. Um, that's our show for this week. Again, I appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to Let's Talk Sports. It's fun as always. Uh, we got to have even more football coming up. We got basketball coming around the horizon. You know, they're showing up for media day and we're going to have a lot of interesting things to talk about. So hopefully you guys go, keep sticking with us and keep listening to our takes. Um, enjoy the week ahead for you guys and we'll holler at you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Media Timeout Podcast. Mahomes looking to flip, takes it in for the touchdown. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at MTO Sports, on Instagram at Media Timeout Sports, and visit our website, MediaTimeoutSports.com, for more content.